0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 415 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our look at season two of the norwegian netflix fantasy series ragnarok and ran across some cool videos with uh, interviews of, of some of the stars of the show I'm careful not to you know see anything about season two but uh, some fun stuff
1: yeah, I think I watched some videos after season one of of them like going to the premiere and things like that. And uh, yeah, they seem like a pretty uh, pretty fun group. Yeah. So, and no
0: surprise because I've said this about actors for a long time. The the ones that really make it can do everything. Like my wife will say, "Oh my god, she can sing too." I'm like. They all can probably sing yeah. to a certain extent if they get this far, and I, I saw Saxa uh, apparently as a singer or the actress that plays saxa, okay. so hot today in our neck
1: of the woods, yeah, it's I, like
0: it's going to be pretty yeah. hot for the next few days, super hot,
1: yeah, and like i'm yeah. still I was like working on my parents' pool, so i wasn't actually swimming in it, I was just working on it, so just getting hot but not being able to jump in to not be hot
0: anymore oh well all right well let's quit complaining about the uh, the heat here in Boston. Ba- ba- we're always complaining about the weather here so yeah whatever
1: uh ragnarok episode- that. it's just it does get very all humid right. and hot down here
0: all right ragnarok episode two season two what happened to the nice old lady yeah written by adam price and emily lebeck k who uh are going to write all six season two episodes Directed by Mogens Hagedorn, who we said last time directed the first three episodes of season one. He also directed uh, the season two premiere, dropped on Netflix. Um, You know, it's funny. My first reaction after watching it the first time was, all right, good episode. Definitely a setup episode. Solid B. But when I rewatched it earlier today, I feel like there's a lot more there than i was giving it credit for at the beginning
1: okay yeah I, I, I mean this was okay i don't know if i liked it quite as much as the previous one but you know i was kind of thinking the solid as well are we going to talk about what we're watching first or are we skipping that? well we can yeah you know
0: what i forgot about that i have it in my notes and and yeah let's go let's go back and then we'll come back to. No, like it uh, suspiciously
1: sounds like he's just getting right into the episode discussion so I did, and I've got it right here in my notes. Uh, what I'm watching. So go ahead, you, you go first, since I. Okay. Well, I know. I, you know, I, I think it's appropriate to mention uh, now. I don't think I've talked about it yet, but I am watching the Disney Plus series Loki, which of course has significance to the current episode of Ragnarok, and that is just really, really good. Um, I mean, obviously, it doesn't take much to impress me with the stuff they do in the MCU, and there's there's almost nothing i think that that marvel has put out that i have not liked so you know i know i'm not like the best person to uh talk about but uh yeah i'm i'm loving loki it's a great great show tom hiddleston's the man so and then i finished Catla too um you know and uh have you did you finish I the did. rest of the episodes i did yeah that was that was pretty
0: wild you know um well you you know what i thought was you know maybe not tonight but maybe next week when we record we can carve out like 10 minutes at the end and maybe release it as a bonus episode or something just kind of final thoughts Uh,
1: yeah what do you think yeah absolutely i think it's a great i was thinking that too i was like you know maybe not actually do it we talk about each episode but maybe just talk about the whole series together you know kind of work through it but yeah i'd love to, to, to do that that'd be great okay cool all right. I just one more thing to mention because it involves one of your favorite actresses of all time. That'd be one, Miss Kristen Stewart. Um, okay. In this movie called Underwater, which I'd never even heard of. But, uh, you know, I had this little article in my, my news feed saying, you know, watch the most underrated sci fi show on, on HBO Max before it goes away because it's leaving like on the 31st or something like that. It was actually pretty good. You know, despite the uh, 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 no, don't <laughs> <okay>. don't. <laughs> she was good. Uh, and the, the, it had a really really good uh, cast. Um, the, the that guy who is the the bad guy in the, the last season of um, of Westworld. So he was in. He's great. Um, uh, J.K. Miller isn't. It's is very funny. The the girl who was. Um, the love interest and in Iron Fist, uh, in, in, aka one of the only bright spots of that show. Um, she was in it as well. So it was a excellent cast, pretty good concept, a, a lot of good shout outs to like classic sci fi movies, especially Aliens. You can't help but see the, the parallels between it and Aliens. But, uh, you know, hour and a half, Dave. So it's in your wheelhouse. So you mm-hmm. should. Uh, okay. You're, you're check talking it out. about Colleen Wing,
0: right? Yeah. The character in Iron Fist, yes. right? Jessica Henwick. Oh, I love her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She's awesome. So, yeah. So I was, I was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting much, but uh, you know, especially with K. Stew in it. But uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised, and uh, it was actually a pretty, pretty good movie. I liked it. Cool. All right.
0: Well, like you, uh, I completed my season one Catla run and and like we said we'll we'll talk about that at a later date. I completed my 5 season run with Van Helsing and I've mentioned that I I covered it episodically for Den of Geek from its premiere in 2016 and we get to season 5 and and the editors tell me, "Well, you know, the numbers aren't really there. Why don't you just write about the premiere, the finale and and, you know, maybe two episodes in between and the finale was okay and after about the third or fourth episode i contacted my editor and said it's a train wreck (laughs) let's revisit it when we get to the finale well you know by the time we got to episode 12 and and what sci-fi did was they did a three episode dump uh, earlier than they had anticipated well i just i was afraid to check my email and he never did contact me so i didn't even write about the finale and uh It just it's just so disappointing. I mean, when you know, if you want to find out the details, I mean, you have a show that the star around which the show was built left on two different occasions ended up appearing in 38 of 65 episodes, which is not ideal. And it just I mean, you can you know, you can use covid as an excuse for some things, but other shows managed to put together seasons and it just was really disappointing so uh you know it's over is what it is uh my wife and i and after i tell you this i know you're going to go out and start watching it on netflix sex life have you seen that pop up in your feed
1: i I, I have yeah i'm i'm thinking about it
0: well, it's it's you know it's it's the kind you, you you probably need to get your wife on board if you're going to watch it because she can obviously see the little red lines under each episode. All right, who watched that? <laughs> yeah, Sean. Well, <Right. laughs> no, um, everyone has stars, their own
1: uh, has their own account. So Oh,
0: okay. Uh, anyway, it stars Sarah Shahi from Person of Interest. She was also in a sci-fi show called Reverie, which wasn't too bad but it only lasted one season and she's the main star and it's basically about this woman who's in her mid to late 30s two kids you know a husband that by all accounts is a great guy but she just misses that you know that excitement that she felt when she was in her early 20s and she can't stop thinking about her ex-boyfriend who conveniently is in the same town so it's uh you know it is what it is. My wife likes it. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to see, and I'm making air quotes. Yeah, as I, 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 I
1: as I could well imagine. Just I, I, right. I, excuse me. Uh, just reading about like you know, like I said, the, the you know, basically the summarization of the of, of what it's like. Um, yeah, you know, there's going to be uh, lots of skin in, in that one. Yes, and there is so. Anyway,
0: all right, that's what I'm watching. Uh, let, let's get back to Ragnarok, which uh, I guess I was a little too excited. Got got started early, but Episode 2, Season 2, What Happened to the Nice Old Lady, written by Adam Price, Emily Lebeck K. directed by Mogens Hagedorn, dropped on Netflix. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in this episode, and I know what you're saying. I mean, you know, I still, at the end of the day, may stay with the B rather than the B+. Plus. But, you know, certainly we get, I think, as much confirmation as we really need that Lawrence is, in fact, Loki, as we speculated. I mean, is that
1: fair? I, I mean, it's – yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he looks in the mirror. He sees a very androgynous person staring back at him, and that was one of – well, I guess – I think all the Norwegian gods or the Norse gods, you know, there's – I know Odin – um, also is uh, you know sometimes appears as a female and as a male so but you know that's that's certainly one of the the calling cards for for the character of loki as well um so yeah i think we're, we're pretty much you know other than him you know putting on a name tag saying hi i'm loki i think we're we're pretty good well, that uh that you know, that that's a thing
0: well the episode even opens up with the you know the the declaration at the beginning about loki and and being you know half god half giant um and we talked last time about are they using the marvel universe loki or are they using the traditional norse mythology loki and and i think you had said oh, it seems like they're kind of leaning towards the mcu version but regardless i you know i think we're at this point it's a safe assumption to make that he is Loki. But now that Lartz has discovered his other side, I mean, he's got to decide which side he's going to fight with, you know, with the uh, coming battle. And I think, you know, initially he's certainly mesmerized by the wealth that the family has, but then he gives Magna a heads up about Rand planning to kill wenka so you know i mean he is torn but it is his father so right i don't know
1: yeah and you know i guess part of i guess you know my kind of lukewarm reception of this one is i I feel like the, the the character of lawrence that they've kind of changed him a lot like Inconsistent with what his character was before, he was always kind. I mean, we know he's kind of like a non-conformist. You know, I wouldn't expect that he would be so entranced with these materialistic things. Now, granted, you know they they did set it up right. You know, we know that the family's poor. He's frustrated with. Their, their, you know, their social and economic s- status. Uh, he feels like an outsider all the time. He feels like he doesn't belong. And finally, someone comes around and says, "Hey, buddy, you're one of us." You know, now he he belongs and he's got money and everything. So they yeah you know, they did set it up. But I just feel that it, his just kind of jumping in with both feet with with Vidar is not really consistent with that guy who got up on graduation day or whatever and gave that, you know, that, that big speech that it, it doesn't seem like that's the same guy.
0: Yeah. I, I know what you mean, but then I go back to the season one scene when the, there's a party at the, the Utah house. And when he's leaving, he grabs a, you know, a whole bunch of beers and whatever, sticks them in his jacket, figuring, you know, all right, well, I'm going to take advantage of, of, you know, what's, what's being, flashed in front of me so I mean I, I think we certainly have to consider that that's a possibility I mean we, we do get the the scene when when it's pretty clear that Vidar is trying to set him up as a spy on Magna and, and Lawrence understands it and recognizes it immediately and says you know dude you got to bring a better game than that if you want me to do what you're you're doing but I don't feel like he's you know, completely under Vidar's spell. You know what I mean? It, it's possible he's recognizes what's going on here, as he tells his brother later, "You are my brother." Right. I, I almost expected him to hug. Yeah, Magna. He doesn't, but yeah, you know, I, I think there there was a virtual hug going on.
1: Right. Um, yeah. No. I, I. I and Fred mentions it too, and I am completely down with the how um Lawrence might actually be playing kind of a long game here and actually be on, you know, Team Manya, you know, but but uh right now kind of flirting with with Team Giant. I guess Team Magna is not the good maybe Team God versus God Team Gods versus Team Giants, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But anyway, um yeah, so that he he might actually be just kind of going along for the ride and uh, actually be, you know, in his heart, be on, on Magnus' side. But, um, you know, it doesn't really seem like it so much. You know, he is kind of in the middle. And I guess that's that's perfect for a character like Loki that's never, you know, not... Um, you know, if we look, at, and again, I, I don't know if, if they're taking the Marvel Cinematic Universe into consideration when they write these characters. But I know that Loki, in the mythology, I do remember that he was always the guy causing trouble, right? He was always the one starting stuff and and, uh, and everything. It's consistent with that character of Loki. I was just, you know, a little disappointed in how quickly and how, you know, how dazzled he seemed to be by all the money and all the materialistic things. Well, that's true.
0: and And I guess on the one hand, there are a lot of details that are given to us uh, uh, you know about his character and you know how he might align himself later on you know very few of them definitive at this point and and you might say well if he's playing the long game why doesn't he just let magna know that's what he's doing but then when we look at magna and and the way he goes off half cocked so many times yeah he might think i'm not going to tell him because he'll he'll blow my cover right right and you know i think there's some validity to that argument as well clearly there's a lot of discord which within the util family and and that may be my favorite aspect of this episode how much it's going to impact the coming fight remains to be seen but but the real question is who's who's really in charge at this point and you know that reveal we had last season where we learned that okay vidar and ran are the adults this time but we know in the past the roles have been reversed and and we even get that line you know between fjord and and ran uh, in this episode about her being you know his
1: mother and he's like yeah but you're not really are yeah, you that's it's, just that's
0: kind of just a cover
1: yeah well yeah. when um who uh ron looks through the photo album does she is that a picture of fjord and Saxa that she pulls out See, as I thought it people? was her and
0: Vidar. Yeah. I thought it was her and Vidar.
1: I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't rewind I screen capped
0: it. it and looked at it a couple times. Okay. I, again, I'm not positive, but but I guess I feel like, you know, that tear that she sheds as she's looking at it, I don't think she would shed it if it was Saxa and Fjord. Because she really is hurt to learn that he had sex with uh turrid way back in the day right and again sax is like uh when did this family start getting feelings yeah (laughs) and which then kind of leads me to start considering is there some sort of a transformation taking place within team giant i I mean we know that in, in terms of the gods that the gods are getting older and this seems to be a situation where they want the younger gods to come in and take their place right so maybe something happening with the giant i mean look fior has feelings for gree that i think we have to say at this point seem genuine
1: yeah i, I absolutely agree with that for sure um you know but yeah. he's taken off the tracksuit finally so i'm able to actually kind of see him as a halfway normal person now but well,
0: you, you know, the other thing about who's in charge in the Eudel family, I, I mean, certainly it has been Vidar. And, and then again, we, in that exchange between Ron and Fiore, where she says, Sax is ready to take your place. And I don't think he says the words, but he sort of implies, fine, let her have it. And, and then Ron says, well, but you know, she can't because she's a woman. And, you know, she's saying that about herself as well. Right. That I think she knows instinctively she should be in charge, particularly at this point, because Vidar seems to really have lost his focus for, you know, what's about to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, he's, you know, it's it's kind of like in, you know, I I find an appropriate metaphor to to, – my recent fantasy baseball activity and uh so the Tampa Bay Rays bring up this you know like this hot you know very publicized prospect named Wander Franco I immediately grabbed him uh on my team and and now I'm just like obsessed with this guy you know like he's, yeah, he's three like, for twenty six by the way, yeah yeah, point, you know I he i i feel i, I a home run i, I put him I, I put him in the lineup this week, and uh we'll we'll see, but you know, so it's like this this new thing you know that I'm just i I can't stop thinking about, right, um it's just you know it's almost like like uh um you know Loki is like a new toy, you know, like he and he even you know vidar says you know i'm just using him you know like we're just gonna you know drag him along and use him to see what we can get out of him but i'm not so sure by the end of the episode if that's what's going on with vidar here i think he's just kind of like just so into like this kid actually kind of likes me you know and wants to be around me other than these other (laughs) my, my two quote unquote kids. Uh, here in the house, who for the most part want nothing to do with me, especially my, the the again quote unquote son who uh, you know left to go and shack up with a human girl. So um, you know, like he's he's just so kind of like obsessed with Lawrence that uh, everything else he's just like psh, you know just let it go. Yeah, and I understand that as
0: well, and. You know, I, I the whole idea about is he on our side or not? And, and, of course, Vidar's unequivocally, yes. I think Saxa and Ron are smart enough and intuitive enough to know, yeah, not so fast. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. And, in fact, she doesn't even want him in the house. And, and the funny thing is, Lartz understands that, that his new what does he call her his new uh, stepmother yeah (laughs) um now you know i I said last week and and i still hold to this sax is one of my favorite characters in the show but i'm really liking what they're doing with iman yeah and her partnership with magna because ragnarok is a serious show but it doesn't take itself that seriously it does have its lighter moments and at this point most of the lighter lines seem to be going to her i mean she's excited to fight with magna but she really has no idea what they're up against and at this point just sees it as a game and you know brings in the you know we're like batman and robin bonnie and clyde dolce and gabbana (laughs) I'm yeah. like my wife's, What are you laughing at? What are you watching? I'm like, oh, I'll tell you.
1: Later. I, I didn't. I didn't get that last one. I had to look that up. I have to admit. Oh, but uh, but now I do. Hey, we we even have a Dolce and Gabbana right here. Well, I shouldn't say we. It's in McLean, Virginia, but that's only like an hour away. So, oh, okay.
0: But you know, watching her grow, I think will be fascinating because. Look, even though she says did i join the losing side here (laughs) we we certainly don't see her as bailing on magna and i think she's going to have to grow up very fast and i have all the confidence in the world that she will she's got to get past dealing with these powers because it's obvious to us and, and it's obvious to magna what she's doing with her powers at this point and it's
1: pure greed on her part. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, it's, it's understandable. Like, I mean, if it happened to you, if I found out, or me, well, maybe not you, you're a better person than I am, but if I found out, <laughs> you know, like this this morning I woke up and I could tell people to do whatever I wanted to do, you know, who's to say I wouldn't go out and get a nicer car, you know, some more clothes and stuff like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and plus she's a kid and, uh, you know, so we don't really... Blame her that her first reaction to her powers is to go out and take advantage of them in, in a way that is obviously not moving towards uh, training or, or you know honing her skills for the, the coming war. But she hasn't seen what Manya's seen either, right? True. Um, right, right. So she, it's not, quote unquote, real for her just yet. Now, after what she saw at the end of this episode— I think maybe it's going to be a little bit more real for her. Right. And again, we get that
0: great scene when they, they go to pick up the hammer that they had the guy make. And he tells her the truth about Lawrence and she gets serious for a moment and and says, well, I understand perfectly I'm adopted as well. I'd love to meet my biological parents. And while, you know, she's psyched about the battle and her abilities. I, I think it's, you know this this one piece of information this personal detail about her that that will maybe help magna understand where lars is coming from i mean he's got a lot on his mind at this point there's no question but i i think down the road maybe this will become even more important but speaking of weapons we learned that neither the giants nor Magna can be hurt by earthly weapons, which I think we suspected anyway, but the giants have old world weapons, which will kill Magna. Yeah. And, and of course we've seen them preparing their weapons and we know that they are highly skilled using their weapons. I mean, my gosh, that, that arrow shot that Ron uses to take down Wanky at the, at the end of the episode, I don't know if that's a magical arrow or what the hell, (laughs) but uh, at the end, I mean, we know she dies. Will Wotan help Magna protect the humans as she requests? What's that? Well, can he? Yeah, right, right, because he seems oblivious to what's going on. And as Fred points out in his feedback, and it's not something I noticed at the time, but... She comes in with an arrow, through and through, dies on the floor,
1: turns to dust, and nobody seems to notice. I I did notice that actually. That, yeah, that when Venka, uh, you know, yeah, when she shows up, that she's got an arrow through her, and and no one, no one catches on at all. And Wotan doesn't even seem to really catch on very well either. You know, the people only, the only people really seem to be aware of what's Going on, our um, you know, Imam and Manya. Now, uh, the other thing I
0: don't recall us talking about it, but did you
1: notice Gree's father? Yeah, you know, I put that in my notes, uh, last one, but I don't, yeah, I don't think we ever mentioned it. Yeah, he's uh, Gregor's, right?
0: Yeah, and be foreigners. Yeah, foreigners because
1: I never noticed it before and I
0: didn't notice it in foreigners, but I'm watching it this episode, like wait a minute, that, that's Gregor's. Yeah. And, you know, go to IMDb. And of course it is Magna goes to Wenke for advice about the hammer. And that's when she reveals the the fact that, well, you can't just get it made anywhere. We don't really know where this fire is. This a forge somewhere. I mean, you know, he, he goes to the Udall home and there's that kind of eternal fire going and, and are we supposed to think no that right? There's where you got to forge your hammer, but that seems unlikely,
1: right? But I, I also at this point would like to change my prediction because I think last one time I had said that I think that the um, the big battle is going to happen this season, and you had said you don't think so, and I would like to recant my prediction and join Team Dave in saying that yeah, it doesn't seem like the the big battle is going to happen. I th- i think especially now you know once i found out that he didn't have like that you can't just make Molnir thor's and, hammer yeah you have to go get it i think probably a lot of this is going to be him you know getting the weapons he needs getting the team together and then you know the big battles will happen maybe next season so
0: yeah. And that's the beauty of a six episode season. I mean, on the one hand, we get to the end and we would love an episode or two more, but they don't mess around. So it's almost like we're expecting episode three, four, or five to be Magna and Iman going to wherever Thor's hammer is and, and you know, doing whatever has to be done to get it because. And again, I, I got a great screen cap of the scene where he's throwing the hammer and he's standing there waiting for it <laughs> to come back and, and he's waiting and he's waiting and, and she's just kind of looking at him like, dude, uh, I think we need to go find it at this point. But, but he's also obsessed with keeping Lart away from Vidar. Understandably, but unless I missed it, he doesn't have any idea what Lawrence is or who Lawrence is at this point, right? Correct. I mean, he just thinks he's his brother. Right. And and again, Fred points out something in his feedback about their mother. And, you know, I mentioned this in passing a week ago or, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. You know, is it possible that she is a giant and or a god and just simply doesn't know it Or you know, because we could say, well, what about their father? But she has now given birth to Thor and Loki. Right. So there's clearly something
1: about her. Sure. And and which well well, like you said in the beginning, like in the beginning they tell that Loki is half giant, half god. So you know the half god part she probably came from Turid, right? Yeah. And that's another uh, thing that I said I'd like to recant as well because I said, well, you know, even Vidar responded that that's impossible. Well, that's on the assumption that Turid is a human, which it looks more and more like, as you said, that she's she's not, right? Or as Fred said, that there's something special about uh, Turid that, as as you just said, she, you know, has given birth to Loki and Thor both, so... Um, it doesn 't seem like she 's just your run of the mill human she 's probably not human right. at all she 's probably somehow one of the gods and, and that 's I think the beauty of the actor
0: that they 've chosen to play this character because she is the unlikeliest of individuals so and unlikely I, I hate i mean I hate to say because I know it sounds superficial but I mean, generally speaking, the Norse gods, both male and female, are damn good looking, right? Yeah. I mean, they're so. You know, maybe she was the looker back in the day. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, Vidor
1: threw down with her, so.
0: Yeah, he did that. That's yeah. true. And, and and we do get that that scene on the motorcycles when he takes Lartz up into the mountains. To, to really just give him a quick overview of, uh, you, you know, the significance of the mountain and, and, you know, how this is part of you now. And when he takes him back to the house, and, and, and again, as, as you've said, get, getting to know his other son, uh, that scene where he brings the the uh, reindeer heart out <laughs> for Lartz to bite into, yeah. You know, I I, I don't know how to react to that because on the one hand, would Lawrence, the human, just grab it, take a bite out of it like it was nothing? Simply to impress this rich dude because, you know, while he kind of has an inkling of what's going on here, he doesn't really. I mean, Iman knows almost as
1: much as him really yeah maybe more right well but you also kind of get a feeling because we know like the this god part of him kind of you know works like kind of on the down low right so even if he consciously isn't aware of what's going on there's part of him that would probably totally you know that loki part of him would totally know what's going on and that that i think is the part that compels him to bite into that the reindeer heart
0: Okay, And those, I guess we'd say, the flashes of genetic memories of the ancient past, you know that, you know, that that's been in him the whole time. It, it, it took biting into this reindeer heart to draw them out and make him aware of them. I mean, I, I guess that's the only way to explain it, and then, of course, Vidar, it's the giant blood that flows through you. And, and again, I love the callback to Magnus scene in season one where he stands before the mirror and sees himself as Thor. And we get to see Lawrence experience the same thing, which, you know, was pretty cool. I thought.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It was super cool. But you know, whereas Magna was kind of shocked and taken aback, you know, Lawrence is pretty pleased with what he sees. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He, He really is. And, and we
0: see the, you know, the little, where he moves the hand you know, in, in real life. And then we see the hand moving in the mirrors reflection, but then he does some sort of a gesture that doesn't parallel what he sees in the mirror. So whatever that means, probably nothing. I still thought it was cool. Yeah. For me, the most important aspect of this episode are the cracks in the fabric of the Eudel family. And, you know, we mentioned that a little bit at the beginning, and Vidar revealing the truth about Lartz and, and how they can use it to their advantage. Rand points out, no, it's impossible. But I guess what really comes out of this is that she looks at him as if he's cheated on her. And, you know, we mentioned a little bit ago that Saxa asks, where did these feelings suddenly come from? I mean, we get the idea that while Vidar and Ron probably have had an active sex life, you know, didn't we learn that she was having sex with high school students or yeah, something like that? Yeah, I was about to
1: say, I think in one of the early episodes, she, uh, she was hooking up with a couple of students, yeah. Right, and she's the principal of the school. Right. So
0: we, we certainly have to then, by extension, figure, okay, he was probably checking out women on his end too and it was just all part of their whatever and and now that she's suddenly jealous what's that all about yeah right that he that he has a child by another woman And, and i guess what we're supposed to take away from this episode is that Saxa and fjord are not their children now we don't know how the four were brought together and yeah, I wonder whether we'll ever learn that. I think it'd be cool to learn that for sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. But but you know, she does come across as as he implies. Well, he does more than imply, I guess, as a jealous housewife. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I I guess what I see in this episode is that where it was once pretty clearly cut giants versus thor and whatever gods he assembles now i'm not so sure anymore and and it's more than just fjord going off with gree because i think it's it's pretty clear and i'm sure it will become even clearer to everybody else that magna aka thor is fighting to protect the human race so is is Fjord going to abandon the human young woman that he loves to go back and fight with his family? Or so, you know, these cracks that are,
1: you know, they just keep getting bigger. right? And, yeah, and, and obviously there is going to at some point come a moment when everyone is going to have to definitively take a side. And, you know, the two people – um Fjord and Loritz, who are right now kind of not undecided and everything and certainly not 100 percent with one or the other um obviously there will come a, a, a moment when everyone's going to have to definitively declare a side. it's going to be interesting to see what happens especially with those two characters
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, in in terms of the the family falling apart, I mean, obviously, Util Industries has its own set of problems because the police and, you know, the environmental agency put out that statement that the drinking water's polluted, you can't drink it, and they're responsible. And I love Sachs' response because when, when we learn that along with her, she's meeting with, I guess this guy's supposed to be the chief financial officer and filling her in on how things work in the company. And he's got this condescending attitude that clearly pisses her off when the word comes in and she's like, no, no comment from an old guy in a suit as opposed to coming from me where I say we're sorry. And did you see the reaction of the secretary that, that brought the news in, She's yeah. got this look. It's it's very subtle, but it's like, damn right, you you, you know, yeah. you tell him, yeah. sister, and and plus, plus she's yeah. right, you know, she's absolutely right, oh, absolutely right,
1: right, yeah,
0: and and then we you know we later see her make that statement, and again Ron tells her later that I you know you did a really good job, I like that, but what might end up being my my favorite scene in the episode is at the Eda Grill which has been this wonderful rallying point for so many scenes throughout the series. Magnus sitting there at the table eating a big burger because I guess there's no food at home. Not sure where
1: he got the money, but... Right. Uh, maybe he turned know. in a couple more empty uh, containers and stuff.
0: Yeah, or or maybe uh, Iman came in and ordered sure. it for him and then left. Sure. But uh, But Saxa comes in unexpectedly, and then she sees him before ordering, and sits down opposite. I thought you wanted to kill me. Not today. My family's fucked. Mm-hmm. And y- y- you get the frustration she's feeling. Sure. And the fact that she chooses to commiserate with her enemy, I, I think, says a lot about her. And she tells him he looks good. You know. I think we, we know that they know who he is. And then she grabs his burger, seductively bites into it, and I'm thinking, all right, what does this mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Are we
0: going to have Thor hooking up with uh,
1: a giant here? Well, you know, know, it's on on the plate. It's possible, you know. Um, I I certainly, they certainly are setting up the potentiality for that to happen. Uh, You can see how he looks at her, that he is, you know, kind of, kind of it with her, but you know, like in one way I, I can, I see, cause Saxa, you're, you're right. She's, she's definitely one of the more compelling characters, especially now I'm just so, so disappointed, Laura. It's that, uh, you know, I, I kind of crossed him out as, as <clears throat> being the most fascinating character in the show and now Saxa has reclaimed the the top spot there. So, you know, either She's just doing this because, you know, well, a she knows that probably Magna understands what the same thing, well, you know, what she's going through. He's been through the same type of stuff, you know. So it could be, you know, commissioning because they both are kind of on the same level and they understand what the other one's going through, and they're both having, you know, some significant family issues. Or is she just setting them up? Right? Is this again I mean, part of her long game? that to you know kind of turn his head and then you know screw him over later and I think that's probably far more likely than what I
0: was implying and for a show that I I'm fairly certain we're only getting three seasons which as we've said a number of times seems to be the Netflix model these days which again is fine if a show knows it's only getting three seasons going in then it can tell its story And, you know, leave on its own terms. So if that's the case, fine. We know that a giant can, you know, give birth to a child with a a God. So that's kind of what I was implying. Okay, maybe the two of them will hook up, but we're not going to be around long enough to see that come to any kind of fruition you know i mean the timeline's not going to be sped up that much right so i think your your assessment's probably far more likely that she's just messing with him because he doesn't have a lot of experience with women so i mean you know and, and and that is important i mean you know i mean of course his mother thinks he's uh getting it on with iman right but he was actually just you know Lifting slamming her up her in a chair the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the chair. Right. right.
1: Well, you know, I I can see the end of this show being that you know this ultimate cooperation uh, and harmony that is found between the gods and the giants, right? And so maybe in the end we do see Saxa and uh, Magna, you know, getting together in this you know kind of. New world order where the- Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. So-
0: Right. Right. I mean, the, the, the gods and the giants moving into the 21st century, into the technological age. Right. And I doubt that's where
1: we're headed, but I would love it sure if, if, it, sure. if it were. I kind of feel like um, that, that is totally where we're headed. It just seems well, like okay. you see a lot- Because this whole time, we're talking about all these people who are in the middle- right? Except for Magna and Vidar are the, the people who are definitely the polar opposites. But it seems like almost everyone else is to some degree is – well, not Ron. She's also over there with Vidar, I would say. Um, yeah, but she's got feelings now. I mean,
0: I, I think that's significant. Sure. That that there's something changing in her as well. I don't know. I mean, like you said, Fjord and, and Gris, as we've said. Um, you know, Iman um, – I mean, I guess she is a god at this point. She's got power, so I guess we will see. But ordinarily, attractive woman in a white Porsche, okay, I'm all for it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think we knew she wasn't going to run any of them down. Now, had Gree been with fjor and and she was behind the wheel, uh, you know, I, I still don't think is going to survive to the end of – the season but we shall or maybe she'll survive to season three if that's when the battle starts but i think as we've said she is likely to end up as collateral damage but right. i'm not sure what ron is trying to accomplish here i mean it's almost again it goes back to the feelings it's just the emotion overwhelms her that this is the bastard son of my husband even though he's not really my husband you know right yeah, yeah and and she's just can't help herself so i think what's important is not to look at her as a woman scorned but rather as a giant who is changing
1: and we're
0: not used to seeing this you know this is not what giants do apparently so.
1: Well, is it not? I mean, Vidar went and well, we killed. Know, he sold, too. right? Like, so well, it seems like that they uh, they going off half cocked is is kind of their thing a little bit. Yeah,
0: I guess. And and then just the last scene that I, I wanted to mention is is when Ron tracks down Wanky and you know she's got her weapon in hand. I know who you are, sorceress. And of course, you know Magna is running to try to. Save her, and of course he's
1: a bit too late. But right, I just you see the 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 Ben Kenobi moment coming like from a mile away, right? You see, uh, I get yeah, we totally see what's going to happen here. So, does the fact that she refers to her as a sorceress does that really tell us
0: anything? I mean, we've speculated as to who she might be, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, uh, Fred says that that uh, just you know means that she can't be. Uh, Freya, Freya, um, which okay. So uh, again, I I would have to be way more familiar with Norse mythology to even speculate as to you know who she she actually is. Then
0: anyway, uh, anything you want to mention that we haven't talked about? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, this is. I mean, we'll, well, let's listen to Fred's feedback. We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll we'll talk grades. I mean, I think we probably are. Still where we are when we started the discussion, but, eh, you know,
2: got a couple minutes. So uh, let's hear what Fred's got for us, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Ragnarok Season 2, Episode 2. What am I watching? I switched from Dark Angel to the second season of Extant, and in Dark Angel I followed all your podcasts. Watching Dark Angel was a very nice experience. A cyberpunk, post-acocalyptic sci-fi show with Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherly. From the period 2000 till 2002. Nice show, and the ending of the second season was not a terrible cliffhanger, fortunately. Pity, though, that the series got cancelled. And it took me five and a half years to watch these 42 episodes. Starting in 2015. The first two and a half years I watched 18 episodes. In 2019, one episode. In 2023, and just in the last three, four months, I watched the rest. Which is the whole second season. So, 21 episodes. Now I will switch to the second season of Extant. And I will follow you, Dave, together with Mike, on the Golden Spiral Media podcast about it which was first called Dark Matter, but when the series Dark Matter started to change that to the Extend Podcast. Okay, going into Ragnarok episode 2. It became clear that our expectation that Loritz would be Loki is indeed probably true, because the introduction gives this Text, but this text says that Loki actually was Odin's brother and not Thor's brother. Although I believe in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor and Loki are half brothers. When she is called by Ren a witch, so she is probably not Freya. I go more for Iman, as I said in my last feedback as well. Saxa is clearly earning her place and Rens seems to be quite jealous, which is, according to Vidar, a kind of human emotion. A half-breed giant human seems to be possible, or, indeed, Turit is not a human, although she doesn't know it, as I think Wayne said that. I also have the impression that Vidar had something to do with the death of Magnus' father. There was some talk about a battle, whatever, so I have the suspicion that Actually, Magnus' father was also a kind of Norse god or impersonation of Thor, whatever. And if that is true, actually, Turit got two children with two kinds of gods or devils. So there has to be something special about her. Last episode, it was not completely clear who the eagle was and who the old woman was in Magnus' vision, but it seems to be all Wendtje really wondering what Wodan's role, perhaps Odin, will be. Well, at least Iman is very close to him, taking care of the old people in this elderly home. I was uh, amazed by when Wendje came in with the arrow uh, through her body and she just disappeared into, or dissolved into dust that all the other people that were sitting there didn't react at all. Perhaps severe Alzheimer cases, but didn't they see it, or... Well, Iman did, but of course Iman is special. And Wodan did, and also he is special. So perhaps all the other people that were sitting there didn't see what was happening there. Or it's just a continuity error. Last time I talked about Fjord's urges, and I didn't mean sexual urges. I mean two words, gri, but more the urge that he couldn't suppress his giant nature. So perhaps we do get a story that he is going to help somehow Magna. But then at the end, he just can't and has to follow his nature. Talking about whether Loris can be Vidar's son, also Ren says in this episode, we can't procreate with humans, Vidar. And then Vidar responds with, this has to be fate, and it's further not explained. So that perhaps makes also the idea that something is, is special about Turid. You were talking about Laurit's eyes, that they were much brighter than Vidar's, more blue. But eyes are just more than the irises. I mean, okay, I'm a geneticist. I'm looking at morphic and dysmorphic features. You have all how it's placed in your skull, how your eyebrows are, how your eyelids are. They can be deep set or they can be more round or more narrow, etc, etc. Eyes can be quite similar, although the color is different. And I do have to say, they are somewhat similar. Of course, Vidar is tempting Loritz with all kinds of stuff, uh, with the motorbike, etc., etc. But Loritz is not a fool. I really love the scene up the hill. When Vidar asks how Magne is lately, (laughs) Loritz really says, yeah, it is strange, he is eating oatmeal lately instead of something else. Really, really funny. And really funny saying to Vidar, if you want me to spy on my brother, you had to prepare better. So I really wonder who is more cunning in the sense of intelligence, whether that is Vidar or Loritz. And I have the impression Loritz is not a fool. But on the other hand, I could imagine that there could be an interaction between Saxa and Loritz, because Saxa is not a fool either. I'm really wondering what I should think of the little interaction between Saxa and Magna in the Edda Steakhouse. She also touched him a little bit too long. So, has that any meaning? Meaning. Okay, that was all for this time. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Right. I mean, as you said,
0: uh, Fred's going with Iman as Freya,
2: which I'm
0: okay with. I I think that's certainly a viable possibility at, at this point. So now one thing I didn't consider, Fred mentions whether or not Vidar had something to do with Turid's husband's death and whether or not he was a Norse god. And since we know that the weapons that the udal family possesses will kill a god, you know, if that's the case, then that's certainly a possibility. Yep. Um you know, I, I'm not sure that's one of the things that I have to know. I mean, it would be cool to know it, but um, I'm not sure how it changes anything if we learn that Vidar killed him. So, I don't know. We'll see. We talked about uh, what's so special about Turid that, you know, she birthed a god and a giant. Mm-hmm. And and I guess one of the questions, and, and Fred asks it as well, will out outfox Vidar? And I think it would be brilliant to have that be what transpires. I mean... I mean, he doesn't have the experience that Vidar has, but still, I mean, I, I guess you could argue he's got these genetic memories that that we talked about earlier. After he bites into the heart, so will these genetic memories give him experience that he didn't ordinarily have?
1: Well, I yeah, it, it's like what we see with with Manya and his these nascent powers. They're suddenly revealing themselves, right? So there's going to be something like that for for Lawrence as well, right? As Loki, he's, he's, there's some special powers that he has that he is only now probably just beginning to realize uh, what they are. All right. Um, you want to stick with the bee? Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the
0: bee. Okay. You know, I, it, it's funny because I feel as if we've gotten to the point where a bee – is not a good grade which is you know silly i guess on the other hand a lot of the shows we're doing i mean i guess you could argue we wouldn't be covering them if they weren't good shows so that it seems to be a lower grade for the shows that we've been talking about but b plus seems a little bit high at this point.
1: it's a solid show did we enjoy it yes was it good yes was it great Nah. it just didn't did rock our socks, you know?
0: Right. I mean, it, it moved the plot forward, no question. So, yeah, okay, we'll leave it at a B. I think that's a good, as you said, a good solid grade. Except at River Hill, as we've mentioned yeah, before. Right. All <laughs> right. Any final thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. Well, listen. want to thank you for joining us. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Uh, We'd encourage you to join the Facebook group if you haven't already. If you want to shoot us an email, it is sci-fi-tv-rewatch at gmail.com. The website, sci-fi-tv-rewatch.podbean.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about Season 2, Episode 3 of Ragnarok. But until then...
1: You know, Dave, when when I woke up today, I just felt like I wanted to do something special. So buddy, this morning I sacrificed a reindeer for you.